You're listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast, where we discuss current events, social issues, religious trends, and noteworthy news from a biblical perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to the newest episode of the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Soaker. This episode is being released on January 25th, 2024. And if you're wondering what happened to last week's episode, well, I was sick last week and unable to record. Thankfully, I'm doing a lot better this week, and I'm glad to be back here with you today. This is the last episode for the month of January, so we're going to be doing our monthly news roundup. Instead of focusing on just one story or topic, we're going to be looking at a few different stories from the news this month. So this week, we're talking about whether people tend to show more empathy for animals than they do for other people, euthanasia for those with a completed life, and a Satanist's prayer at a county commissioner's meeting. For links to these stories as well as other related materials, check out the show notes for this episode at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 012524. Now for our stories this week. First story, do humans really have more empathy for animals than they do for other people? From Study Finds, who are people more likely to empathize with, an innocent animal or another human being? Although you might think people tend to gravitate towards lovable animals, researchers from Penn State say context matters when multiple things are pulling at our heartstrings. One experiment found that when people have to choose between empathizing with a stranger or an animal, they're actually more likely to empathize with the human. However, a second experiment asked people to participate in two separate tasks. During the first task, participants would choose whether or not to empathize with a person, while the second task asked them if they wanted to empathize with an animal. This time around, people were much more likely to show empathy toward animals over other humans. We've talked before on the podcast about people's attitude toward pets, how they find purpose in their pets, how they idolize their pets, how some people choose pets over having babies. We'll have links to all of those in the show notes if you want to listen to those episodes. But this story, because of these other discussions we've had, it caught my attention. And I pessimistically expected to see that people empathize with pets more than they do with humans. But According to that excerpt that we just read, it's a little bit complicated. Given a direct choice, empathize with this human being over here or this animal over here, people would choose to empathize with the human being. And that's good because people, and not animals, have been made in the image of God. Paul told the brethren in Thessalonica to abound in love for one another and for all people. But... The results changed when people were asked to choose between a human and an animal as opposed to when they had two separate choices to make and they decided separately. The story goes on and says, It's possible that if people are seeing humans and animals in competition, it might lead to them preferring to empathize with other humans, Professor Cameron says in a university release. But if you don't see that competition and the situation is just deciding whether to empathize with an animal one day and a human the other, it seems that people don't want to engage in human empathy, but they're a little more interested in animals. Then later it says, 
Once human and animals are no longer in competition, the story changed. When people had the chance to either empathize with or remain detached from a human stranger, people avoided empathy, which replicates the previous studies we've done. For animals, though, they didn't show that avoidance pattern. And actually, when we decoupled humans from animals, people actually were more likely to choose to empathize with an animal than a human. So what does this mean for us as Christians? Well, it means that we need to be careful that we're not fooling ourselves about placing animals over people. It's perfectly fine to have pets and to enjoy animals, but we cannot value them over people who have been made in the image of God. And this study shows us that it's possible to rationally think that, yes, I value human beings over animals when we place them side by side. But when it's not an either-or choice, and it's a separate decision one day and another day, whether an animal here or a person over here, many people have a tendency to empathize with the dogs outside and not Lazarus who is hoping for the crumbs that might fall from our table. Again, this is not a criticism of those who have pets or those who love animals. But we just need to make sure that we don't forget our responsibility to, as Paul said, as we have opportunity, do good to all people. The second story. Paul shows Dutch support euthanasia for completed life. From Right to Life News. A recent poll has indicated that 80% of Dutch voters believe that euthanasia should be available for those who consider their lives complete, with only 10% of respondents disagreeing. The remaining 10% of voters reported that they had no opinion on the subject. As more countries around the world devalue human life, which kind of goes along with the story we just talked about, There are more calls being made for assisted suicide or for euthanasia. People are often seen as a burden, and those who would have to take care of them or who would have to pay for their care, for them it would be a lot more convenient if they didn't have to do that anymore. So in this poll, it was not about euthanasia for those who were suffering or for those who were about to die from some horrible disease. It was just for those who believed their lives were complete. On that idea, consider what the Apostle Paul wrote when he wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Paul said that he had finished his course, and he would eventually have his life taken from him, but he was not deciding that he was going to end his life. It was simply a consequence of standing for the truth and preaching the gospel, and the enemies of Christ were going to end his life for him. He was not making this decision to do so. As long as he still had life, he was going to do what he could, which included writing that letter to Timothy. The Apostle Peter wrote this near the end of his life. I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. 
Now also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. His life was nearly over, but he knew he still had something he could do, which was to encourage those who would remain on after him. While we still have breath, we still have something more that we can do. Even if it's just to encourage those who will remain on after us, we can still do that as long as we are here in this life. So we might look forward to the time when we will reach the reward that the Lord has promised. But as long as we are still here, we need to do what we can in his service. Then the third story. Satanist opens county meeting with invocation hailing Satan. From CBN, a Nevada county commissioner's group allowed a Satanist to open its meeting with a religious ceremony earlier this week. Jason Miller, founder of Reno Satanic, delivered an invocation before the Washoe County Commission Tuesday that began with praising the name of the eternal rebel against tyrannical authority and ending with Hail Satan. One commissioner, Clara Andriola, stormed out of the meeting in protest of the invocation. As Christianity becomes less mainstream in our culture, more people will challenge its place in public life, whether it's atheists or secularists, or in this case, Satanists. And this is just another example of that. But what jumped out to me in this story is not that you have a Satanist making some public prayer in some meeting like this, but what he referred to Satan as the eternal rebel against tyrannical authority. Yes, Satan is a rebel, but to call him a rebel against tyrannical authority implies that God is a tyrant. In reality, God offers freedom, and Satan, all he can bring is oppression and misery. Jesus came to set us free from the slavery of sin. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Satan's goal is to enslave us in sin. Jesus' goal, what he came to do, was to free us from that. Paul said we are to pray for civil authorities to allow us to retain our God-given freedoms. He told Timothy, First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men, for kings and for all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. But the more godless a government becomes, the more evil and the more tyrannical they become, and history is filled with examples of this. In the beginning, Satan promised Eve freedom from God's rules, yet the result was that they lost the freedom, the blessings, and the fellowship with God that they enjoyed in the garden. Peter warned that false teachers promise freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption, and Satan promises us freedom while he has been committed to pits of darkness that are reserved for judgment. The only true freedom is found in the Lord, and he frees us from the bondage of sin. 
Satan, all he is wanting to do is to bring us back into bondage, not offer us freedom because he can't do that. He's trying to bring us back into bondage. The Lord is offering us freedom from that. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I hope you found this to be interesting, informative, and helpful. For links to the stories we talked about and other related materials, visit the show notes for this episode at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 012524. If you have a moment to rate and review the podcast or share it with those who are interested, then that is always appreciated. And if you're listening to this, remember that we also upload video versions of the podcast to the Plain Bible Teaching YouTube channel. So if you prefer to watch this on video, then that option is there for you. And if you are watching this on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe to the channel so you can see the other videos that we post here from time to time. And if you see a news story or have some topic that you think would make for a good discussion here on the podcast, send that to me at andy at plainbibleteaching.com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. Also, be sure to sign up for the Plain Bible Teaching Weekly Newsletter. This free newsletter will be delivered to your inbox each Friday with articles, podcasts, videos, sermon outlines, and more. Visit plainbibleteaching.com to subscribe today.